listening to PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome to Pet Life Radio's Alive Again. My name, it's Brent Atwater. I'm considered the world's authority on animal life after death and pet reincarnation. But today, we're going to take flight a little further into the clouds and talk about angels that show in the form of animals. And we're also going to talk about, at one pet's death, lots of times, other angels come to give support to their transition. This is going to be very interesting today, so I do want you to sit back, grab a chair, and listen to our story that we'll be talking to Sheena after our sponsor's break. But before that, we want to invite you over to our Facebook group that's a global group of over 51,000 members, and we continue a lot of the discussions that we initiate in our radio shows within our group. Gina is there to help you answer any questions you might have about her podcast today, and as are all the other members that have participated in our earlier shows. So we want you to feel that you're a part of our extended pet family, and we have a blog, we have YouTube videos, we have books, all to help expand your awareness. Now we're going to let our sponsor tell you about their products, and we'll be right back. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. It's designerpetsweaters.com, the latest fashion trends for our furry friends. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Hi, I'm Dana Humphrey, also known as the Pet Lady. I travel from coast to coast to pet trade shows and consumer events to scout out what the hottest, hippest, and most unique pet products are on the planet, bringing you tips and tricks from top veterinarians, groomers, trainers on how to safely travel and live happily with your pets. The Pet Lady will be in a city near you, showing off the latest and greatest tech pet gadgets, cozy comforts, and fab gift ideas for man's and woman's best friend. You can learn more at thepetlady.net or connect socially and tweet with me at Pet Lady World. Pet Life Radio, the number one pet radio network on the planet, joins forces with iHeartRadio to put the power of your pets in your pocket. Awesome. Download the iHeartRadio app and rock Pet Life Radio on your phone, on your tablet, on your Xbox, in your car. Pet talk, pet tunes, and fun pet times. Pet Life Radio and iHeartRadio. Positively possum. Let's talk pets on PetLifeRadio.com. 
Today is a story that get your Kleenex out. It is just very special to me, and I certainly want to thank Gina Dial for taking time out of her day to share her heartfelt emotions and describe the experience she had while she was with her horse. And I really feel that this is an important event, and I think that it will expand your awareness that just because a pet is in transition doesn't mean that there's help around in lots of different forms. So welcome, Gina, and tell us about your adventure and your experience and how that has changed your life and made you think about transition and pet death. Thanks, Brent. This is a story about my horse, Copper. He lived to 32 years old, which is a good age. He was a full-blood Arabian. He was a rescued horse, came to us, immediately bonded with me. So I considered him a friend. He would wait for me every night. I would walk him to the barn, feed him first. And we took incredibly good care of him. And and he took really good care of me, especially as a rider and a novice rider. And one morning in January, I went out and I saw that he was in distress. So I quickly fed the other horses and got them out of the barn. And I sat with him, immediately calling my husband and telling him, I think it's time. The horse, we were in his stall sitting down. I had brought towels in. I put his head on the towels. His head was in my lap. And I knew with certainty it was his time to go. There was no question on my part at all. Now, my husband, I called him because, number one, we'd have to have a veterinarian come to euthanize him, and number two, somebody would have to come and dig a grave. We live in the country. We see no neighbors. We see nothing. We're on a country road, so it's very, you know, desolate. So I sat there with Copper. I was sure that we were doing the right thing. My husband kept saying, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? Maybe we can save him, and I knew. I just knew. Let me ask you this. What inside of yourself made you know? We did a show earlier about when to let your pet go, and a lot of our listeners are really interested, so they lose the guilt of what is the little click inside of your heart that allows you to understand it's time. It's a feeling that is transmitted. I see it in their eyes of all of my pets. They look at you, and they communicate it's time to go, let me go, I'm ready to go. Because that was always my concern as well. I heard everyone kept saying, you're going to know, they're going to tell you. And I said, well, how, how? And I didn't know until it happened. You feel it. You see it, you look in their eyes, you feel it, and there's no doubt. Yeah, it's to the core of your being. That's right. It's certain. This is a certainty. Mm -hmm. And during this time, I was so certain it was time for him to go. He understood that I understood and he kept his head in my lap. Now, we were taking his temperature just to make sure, and he was, his temperature was going down, and that indicates he's going into shock. So we knew that there was not anything we were going to be able to do because his, his organs were shutting down. So we got him up, which was not an easy thing to do, and we walked him down because you've got to take a large animal like that down to the place where you're going to euthanize them because you can't move them. They're 1,100 pounds. And so we walked him down. Now, the horses had been out. The other very interesting thing that happened is as we walked him down to the place under the big oak tree where we knew we were going to dig the grave, each one of the horses came to him and touched noses with him, which is very unusual because he was the dominant horse. So none of these horses generally, they stayed away from him because he was the boss, but they knew. It was communicated through him to the horses. They knew he was leaving. And so as we walked him down, I went down with Copper to the spot 
and I said my goodbyes to him, and I left him there. I came back up. The other horses followed me to the barn, and I put them into their stalls because I didn't want them out as we were digging the grave because it's a very large hole, and if they got curious, they could fall in and hurt themselves. So they all went back up very quietly, stayed in the barn. They knew something was going on. They knew that Copper was leaving. So he was put down in the spot where we were going to dig, So the veterinarian left. I had asked my husband to please cover Copper with a tarp because I didn't want to see him that way. So he covered him with a tarp, and I sat there right beside him on the ground with my hand on the tarp, knowing he was under there. My husband went off to get the tractor so that he could come back and dig the grave. I was sitting there by myself, and I had my hand on Copper, and I was talking to him. And I was just, you know, I was very, very sad, but it was more important to me that I was supporting this horse as he leaves. So sitting there talking to him and just kept talking to him. And out of the tank, which is dug on our property, which unusually in Texas had water in it at the time, comes a little white dog. Now, we live in an area where people don't have these kinds of dogs. They have hunting dogs. They have all kinds of other dogs, working dogs, cattle dogs. But they don't have these little white sort of like a Bichon-type dog. No, fluffy dogs don't fit on a farm. No fluffy dogs. And I knew it was a female. She had a leather collar on, and she had been nursing. So I thought, well, where did this dog come from? Comes up out of the tank and sits on a rise and stares at me. Now, I call all dogs little pup. That's what I call them. And so I was talking to the, the little pup. I said, come here, little pup. And I would move close, and she stayed back from me. She stayed sort of equidistant the whole time from me. And so I thought, well, she's not going to come to me. And I thought, well, I'll just stay here and watch her. And she just sat there and stared at us. And I thought, well, I'm going to run up to the house and get a phone and I'll get some food while I'm up there. Maybe she's, you know, maybe she is somebody's dog. Maybe, who knows? I came back down and she was still there. And I thought, okay, good. So I put the, the food down under a little bush and I went back to sit with Copper. And I could hear her chewing. I could hear her eating. And I thought, well, good, she's hungry, she's eating the food, that's good. I stayed there with Copper. After a few minutes, she sat on the other side of me on a rise and just stared again. She just sat there and she stared, and I kept talking to her and said, come here, little pup, let me pet you, come here, little pup, you're so pretty. I kept talking to her. But what was happening inside my mind at the time was, number one, I was very, very sad that Copper had left. But the second thing was, the voice in my head kept saying, pay attention to this dog. This little dog is really important. And even if you are grieving and you're really, really sad, pay attention to what this dog is doing. So I got up and I went towards the dog again and she would not let me get near her. Walked over to the dish, to the empty bowl, picked up the empty bowl. I knew she ate the food. And I went back and I sat down and I thought, well, I'm not, you know, obviously... I'm not going to be able to get to her. Let me let me finish up here with Copper before I do anything. And so my husband comes through the gate. Took him about 15 minutes. I watched him come across the property, and I turned to him and I said, "Look at this little white dog! Isn't this amazing?" And he looked and he said, "Where?" And she was gone. And I thought, "Well, darn it! I know that there was this dog here." And so as he started digging. I went looking for signs of this dog, and the dog was gone. And in my mind, I thought, oh, oh, I understand that this dog had been sent. This dog had been sent to sit with me, 
to let me know it's okay, to let me know everything was going to be okay. And it was the most amazing thing that has ever happened to me in my whole life. And I tell people about this. They love this story because it does make them feel better about when they've lost animals. But I will tell you that the dog ate the food. So I don't know how that happened. But the bowl was empty, but the dog disappeared, and I never, ever saw her. And I asked people, you know, and I don't have anyone who lives close to me. I have asked people down on the county road, have you ever seen a little white dog? Have you ever seen one? And they said, no, out here, are you crazy? And the dog was never seen again. Well, I think that what your conception of the fact that she was an angel sent to mm-hmm. sit with you during your grief and while you were during the hardest part of anybody who knows who's had a pet is the hardest part is after they have transitioned is sitting with the fursuit and it's just silence and you're trying to wrap your mind around the fact that the fursuit's gone forever and the breath and the life and the heartbeat has gone from the fursuit and that's the most horrific time of all and I think that this little dog being sent to you is really an angel form and I think the fact that she was white is even more fabulous to match the color of the clouds and angel wings and even if she ate the food that is really non-significant because the universe can do anything I know but you know it's significant to the non-believers yes it's Mm -hmm. very significant to them because that gives it a different twist and I did run into a lot of people who just laughed and you know said well yeah that's just yeah you must have been hallucinating yeah, well I know I off. wasn't and the way I know I wasn't was the food was gone so they couldn't really you know then they said well it had to have been a stray dog <laughs> I said well a fluffy white stray dog out here is very 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 hard to find so I don't really believe and I don't believe it because that dog was there sitting there watching me I turned to watch my husband and I turned back the dog was there but by the time my husband actually joined me the dog had just vanished was gone and I think the fact that she was a mother dog and you could tell that she you know you said she was nursing and had puppies I think that was also a symbolic gesture from the universe about her being nurturing to you Literally holding your heart through this entire journey, I guess you would say. I agree. I agree. And I I often tell people, too, you know, you really need to listen carefully because there could be people who would have ignored the little white dog and not really understood or even noticed what it was there to do. They could have just said, oh, it's just a stray dog and I'm sitting here and I'm so sorry my horse is no longer alive and I'm, I'm in such a bad place. It's the ability, and I was very lucky that the voice in my head said, this is really important, so don't ignore this little dog. And I think it's important that people listen and watch and really just be aware of all of these things that are sent to us to help us. And I think it's interesting that they sent a pet to help you with a pet's transition. It may just be that my love of animals and, of course, the love of my dogs who are with me all day long and work out of my home. So my dogs are under my feet all day long. I have terrific communication with them. Could be why it came, the angel came in the form of a dog, because I have such a good relationship with my dogs. And maybe that was just a familiarity for me or... Right, uh, the appropriateness of something that you would pay attention to. Exactly, yeah. I'm not sure if it had been a monkey that I would have paid attention. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, you might have been a different attention, but it wouldn't have been a nurturing attention. It's like, oh, what in the world is that? You know, I have 
I had a friend who had been diagnosed with a form of cancer and she went to Walmart to pick up some dressings or things of this nature from the pharmacy and she was standing in line at the, I guess you would say the counter waiting to be checked out and a person behind her, she said it was a man about five foot 11 or he said, how are you today? You don't look like you feel too well. And she says, no, I don't feel too well. And he says, well, tell me about it. And she said he had like salt and pepper hair and sort of blue eyes. And she said she had no idea why she did it, but she turned around and told him, I just came out of the doctor's office. I've been diagnosed with cancer. I don't know how I'm going to handle any of this and just poured her heart out to him for two or three minutes. And then she said, the girl called and said, ma'am, I'm ready to check you out. And she totally, you know, checked out. And then she turned around to thank the person and he wasn't there. And to this day, she believes that that was the guardian angel sent to her for her to be able to tell her story and get the angst out of her heart before she went home. And then when she turned around, I mean, because you know, when you waited in a line, you're not going to get out of line just to like, okay, I think I'll just stop being in this line for a while. She said the lines were long and he, he was not even there. And she asked the lady behind her, she said, did you see that man that was standing there? And the lady said, well, no, I didn't. Mm. So I do believe that the universe sends all sorts of signs in the most appropriate form for you to get through Mm -hmm. what you are having to deal with, whether it be the transition of your horse or the transition of another pet, because a lot of times pets on the other side will come and sit and greet the original pet as it's deceasing and becoming in transition mode and crossing over. And so I think that it's a wonderful time. I want to just mentioned something the horse that I lost was the very first animal that I've had I had horses before I had dogs or cats it was my very first horse and it was the very first animal that I loved that much that I lost that would have been the first then shortly after that I lost my 15 year old lab and then of course six months later my Australian shepherd but that horse was really instrumental in getting me attuned to loss so that might be why that the little dog and the little angel came to help me because it was a tremendous thing for me because it was the first time I'd ever lost an animal. And I think that that's lessons from death. And every death presents lessons. And as you stated, this little dog coming in your head saying, pay attention, this is important. This was the first death of a fur person that was in your life. And I think that the universe stepped up and helped you with it by having the little dog hold your attention and create literally some form of small distraction while you were in such dire pain over losing copper. And comfort, and comfort, because I will tell you, having the little dog there, even though it was sitting a distance from me, was a comfort, because I was there alone with my horse, and so it was a big comfort to me to have the little dog there. Wow. Well, I appreciate you sharing your story today. Uh, Folks, if you'd like to talk with Gina, she's over in our Facebook group, and she'll be glad to share more stories with her, and we're going to have her on other radio shows, and we will be having our next show will be about lessons from pet death. And although that may sound cold and a little bit hard, just as Gina shared with us today, there can be beautiful lessons and beautiful moments of expanding your mind and having your heart learn new ways of thinking about transition instead of just looking at it as end-all, be-all death. Join us in our further shows. Come over to Facebook and uh, join our group. We have a lot of lively discussions over there, and we have wonderful people such as Gina and bereavement counselors who can help you with your questions. And if you're a skeptic, bring on the questions. We're ready for you. 
um, follow our YouTube channel. We've got a lot of good, interesting tutorials over there, and we'll be answering questions and having how-to programs coming up in the future. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, and everywhere else. And we have a blog. And there are lots of books also about animal reincarnation, animal life after death. So thank you so much, Gina, for being with us today. We'll look forward to talking with you on other shows about our other lessons where we want to open your eyes just a little bit about things that may seem, hmm, am I crazy? No, I'm not. But your heart says, this is important. Pay attention. And it really is because it's leading you to a new awareness. And on that note, we'll say bye-bye-bye and see you soon. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.